again. We are on an absolute roll because episode one was done in 2018 and now we've done two through five all in the last like two months. It's amazing what a pandemic and not going out can do for you. I know, so much free time and nothing to do. Exactly. (laughs) But you know what? I'm so happy to be doing a podcast with you, Jackie, because it means we can celebrate the things that really are close to our hearts. You mean like One Direction's 10-year anniversary? Oh, how did you know? I don't know. It's almost like we had an agenda. We don't even have a proper agenda this time. (laughs) I know. You mean because I didn't make one. Exactly. You're the boss. My job. Well, you know what our unofficial agenda is today? Um, Try not to cry. Yes, that's always the unofficial agenda of every day. But today especially, it is Harry, Louis, Liam, Niall, Zane. Which wake up. Who's waking up? Oh my god. (laughs) Which makes up One Direction. Uh, Yes. Exactly. I must say, going slightly off topic, that um, I did a... One minute in and we're going off topic. (laughs) Do you not want me to say? No, say it, go ahead. No, say it, go ahead. (laughs) Um, you literally, every time you say something slightly mean, then one second later you go, "Mm, no, go ahead. (laughs) I'm never mean. Okay. I've never been Um, mean. (laughs) Not one time. So (laughs) I did a Zoom quiz with two of my friends this week. Mm. Um, and obviously I put in an easy question about One Direction um and yeah they didn't get it right and then they discussed that they didn't know every single person who was in one direction and i thought you're friends with these people yeah what (laughs) need to reevaluate that they got confused between liam and louis what was the question that you asked them um i just said who was the youngest member of one direction baby harold exactly easy god embarrassing friends to have i know right yeah so when little baby harry auditioned how old was he like 16 he worked in a bakery yeah (laughs) (laughs) he was just like a child Mm. ripped from his home ripped from the bakery thrust into the spotlight oh poor baby harold now he's thrusting for millions well you can't blame him really can you I was just looking at my iPhone calendar and next week I was supposed to see him thrice. I've already missed out on two shows. It hurts. It stings. It really hurts. It cuts to the core, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. But we have this 10-year anniversary of their official band formation coming up on Mm -hmm. July 23rd. I believe. Mark it in your calendars. Not to be confused with July 24th, which is the day that Chip Skylark's album came out. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so July 23rd, and we've gotten a small series of possible hints that they're planning something. However, Mm -hmm. we all already have our clown masks at the ready to put on (laughs) when we find out that they're absolutely planning nothing. (laughs) I honestly, I do think it will just be, it will be a Greatest Hits album with maybe like one new song or one unreleased song. Beyond my wildest expectations if they managed to pull something like that off. Because I mean, I don't even think, it wouldn't even take much effort on their part. It wouldn't at all. Sony could throw that together so easily and make so much money. Yeah. But I just am so used to extreme disappointment from them (laughs) that I just would, my mind would be blown. Speaking from someone who works within catalogue music at a label, they would literally have access to that at the label, just put it together and get them to sign it off. Yeah, it would be so it easy. It's like minimal effort. Maybe a little new artwork and yeah, liner notes and boom, boom, pack it up. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. I, they could even do it as a digital only release. Like they don't even have to make albums. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I don't know how that you know album manufacturing and vinyl pressing is going right now. I would imagine it's quite delayed. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that's I mean, 
like I said, that would be beyond my wildest expectations, but also completely within the realm of possibility. And then the other thing that I think that they could do would be a some sort of documentary. I mean, because they've mm. never really done a, a documentary like all the way through the mm-hmm. experience. Um, it's kind of shocking that no documentarian, I believe that is the official word, Wow. Has, yeah, pulled that one out Love of my that. ass. Um, no, <laughs> nobody has really, I mean, I don't know if anybody's approached them, but nobody's done that. Nobody's taken advantage of that. There's not even mm. like a legit book about it that I'm aware of. Obviously they had like unofficial weird books that came out over the years, but yeah, like even a documentary book on just one of them would be super interesting and it would sell amazing. And I don't know if somebody's stopping that from happening or why, because it seems like it would just be money in their pocket. Mm. Maybe they just want it to be like a, I always think of that type of thing as something that people don't push out until they're older. Yeah. Fair point. Do you know what I mean? Where it's kind of, they've, they've accomplished so much of like, Mm. they've had a whole career before their mid twenties. Yeah. Like that they could absolutely have enough to pack a book. For sure. Maybe they're working on it now while we're in lockdown. I mean, what else is there to do? You keep telling yourself that. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get me through quarantine if I know that Niall's exactly. working on a tell-all book. <laughs> exactly. The Odd Irishman Out. I think that'll be the title. Wow. You're on fire tonight. I should just write it for him. Mm. Niall, hit me up. If you're listening to this, Niall, you know what to do. I got rejected from Raya, but I know you're on it. <laughs> I haven't applied yet. So it's on my to-do list. We'll, um, we'll connect some other way now. Don't you worry. Are there special um, hoops I have to jump through to be accepted? Like, what's the criteria? Rich, famous, beautiful. Uh, <laughs> there could be an issue with three of those. Check, check, check. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they know that we're the hosts of the famous United by Pop Fandemonium podcast? Seriously. That is a tongue twister. Why did we name it that? Listen, I just took your lead. (laughs) Good point. So back to the matter in hand, this episode we are dedicating, obviously, to our favourite boys in the universe, One Direction. Yes, the entire Um, episode will be about them and them only. Yes, if you don't like it, just log off now because this ain't for you, all right? Yeah, this isn't the right one to listen to. (laughs) This isn't the right one. Go catch up on our whole catalogue of um, four other episodes. Yes, that's the marketing line I wanted to hear from you. I'm ready for a position on your team, Verity. Um, So obviously there's been loads of rumours floating around about something happening for this anniversary, but nothing has been set in stone. Yeah, Liam dropped a hint that something was in the works and then he said that when Louis found out that he had let that slip that Louis was going to come egg his house <laughs> which is just so beautifully on brand for both of them I can really imagine that I know they're so cute I mean in preparation for this podcast and also because I was very sad and wanted to be happy I watched the I feel like that's a really um deep recurring theme in this podcast Jackie's sad <laughs> Jackie's sad, so she bought this, she did this, right. and she ate this. <laughs> yes, just an update from um, anybody who was wondering. I did buy the iPad and the Apple Pencil, so um, I'll be winning Niles' contest any day now. But anyways, <laughs> Jackie was sad the other day, and so she watched the um, One Direction Live at San Siro DVD, dusted off, it literally had like an inch of dust, that <laughs> box, and popped it in and watched a DVD. I can't tell you the last time I put a DVD in a DVD player, so it was a really momentous occasion. And I realized something really interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I think, as sort of like a defense mechanism, basically stopped thinking of the five of them as any kind of unit. And I stopped watching any videos where they were all together. And I just fully invested myself as a fan of all five of their solo careers. Mm -hmm. And like they were just the five individual artists that they are and not like that they had had an unbelievable background together because it hurt too much to think about those times. And it's understandable. Yeah. I mean, it was totally a psychological defense mechanism. And this was really the first time that since they broke up that I like allowed Mm -hmm. myself the indulgence of going back and remembering them together. And it was 
mind-blowing. First of all, <laughs> they are so young in that DVD. I think it's from 2014. It's the Where We Are tour. Mm. Yeah, On the Road Again was 2015. So it's 2014. Harry is wearing those headscarves. Yeah, I loved that era. Louis wears big tank tops. I just, I can't even explain it. Like, they just look like little baby children. And mm. I forgot their camaraderie and their stage presence and their, the, like, absolute 100% chaotic energy that they bring to everything. I mean, literally, mm. I don't know how anybody had any, like, I, I, nobody ever had any sort of authority over them. It was like herding cats yeah. all the time backstage, like, just watching, you know, the behind the scenes of them, like seeing the stage for the first time and starting to like, you know, do the choreography. And mm. they're like, they like Louie has a football, like they're just like fucking around, like they get nothing done. And everybody's like, you know, it may seem like <laughs> chaos now, but like somehow they always, always bring it together in the end. Yeah. And it's because they just have this unbelievable chemistry. And I know we see now sometimes they one or two of them will take a swipe at one of the other ones or say something kind of upsetting that like they're not really mm. that close anymore they never really were that close in the band and I just want to be like shut the fuck up because <laughs> when I watch them in this DVD I'm like you're brothers mm. and that will never go away and nothing that you say now can change that I don't think you can spend that much time with you know that small group of people in such close proximity and not think of them as basically family members agreed and obviously family members fight and you go through times mm. when you're not as close and you're closer i mean especially when you go from spending basically every waking moment up each other's assholes because you're like mm. on a tiny bus or on a plane or whatever, together always to, you know, living your own lives and getting that taste of freedom and a solo career for once. But like, yeah. it, it doesn't change anything that happened back then. So it, it's one of those things where I just really wish that they would stop talking about it. Uh. But it kind of like, I'm like, I never want them to be like, like Liam and Noel Gallagher, like constantly being like, no, I hate that. Mm -hmm. No, I hate him more. Like, yeah. don't do that. Because it also just breaks this image of them one day coming back together to do some kind of reunion tour. That whole Liam and Noel thing I just find so obnoxious as well. It's like, look, we get it. You don't like each other at the moment. Right. Like, we don't need to be part of it. Just shut up. I know. Do you know what? Just leave it. I don't care. Yeah, that, that's just, it's the same with these boys. I'm like, you, you, you had some family drama. Like, I don't go around and tell people when I fight with my dad or my sister mm. or my dog. Like, we just, we yell, <laughs> yeah, leave that at home. Exactly. Like, please don't pull the skeletons out of your closet. I don't need to see them. <laughs> it's funny that you actually mentioned that you watched that DVD because I think I saw on Twitter today, which obviously where I get most of my information, sure. that today is actually the anniversary of that massive fan project that they yes, did. Yes, I saw that too. And I was like, oh my God, how weird that I literally just watched that without realizing yeah. that it was, I guess, six years since that, yeah, that yeah. giant fan project amazing i mean they were such pioneers in terms of like i mean i don't want to say fandom because there's obviously been fans for forever but i would say like engaging the millennial fandom and social media i mean they they like yeah. rode the social media wave 100 percent first and there was so yeah. many companies that rode that wave with them mm -hmm. obviously we came from like we know each other because we worked for the same music blog which focused on sort of one direction and bands yep. from the x factor growing up around them um and dare i say it there isn't really anyone like that now i guess the closest is sort of bts i was gonna say i think they are the ones now to watch and they have they're already starting mm. to break some of their records and i think they're actually just going to smash them all because their yeah. their growth is like unprecedented but they are totally building on what like mm. the foundation that One Direction laid with social media fandoms. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because I think like, you know, the older fandoms were kind of driven underground on like, you know, blogs mm -hmm. and message boards and stuff. But like this was, 
Like I always think in that in the One Direction movie, I think like Simon Cowell is speaking and he's they're showing this graphic where obviously like everything started in like London and England and mm-hmm. then it, there's like a giant red arrow that kind of comes out and it like goes all over the like the whole globe and then yeah. they, and then it goes over to America and they break America and it's like it it all kind of started with these girls who were obsessively tweeting mm-hmm. during the X Factor and like how that spread beyond what they like ever could have imagined. I mean, they were mm-hmm. shocked when like girls would show up outside of their recording studio and they're like, Oh my God, like it's happening. <laughs> it's like, it's happening. Like it's happened. Like you're it's, it's going, you're on the wave. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So I think BTS is just, it, it's that mm. like, t- cause I mean, so the power of social media, I feel like grows tenfold every year. And so they're already mm. so far ahead of the game. Yeah. Because they I came mean, if right you in think it. about it. Yeah, they're in it. And everyone growing up now, younger than us, grows up with way more technology than mm-hmm. we could have ever imagined. Like, yeah, they're digital They're born natives. into this. They have phones. They have. They they were the ones who were on TikTok first. They'll be mm-hmm. the ones who are on the next, you know, platform first. Yep. That is how they drive everything forward. And to me, like, it's kind of scary, but it's amazing at the same time. Agreed. And it's also, it's super interesting because, like, I'm not... A k-pop fan yet but one of my mm. really good friends is and she kind of keeps me up to date with what they're doing because obviously like having you know this music blog like i want to know what's going on with them because they're such yeah you know pioneers and at the forefront of everything right now and so you know she shows me like when they have a single coming out they do so much I mean, it's, it goes so far beyond a music video. I mean, first of all, their music videos are incredible. Absolutely no expense is spared. And then they have music video trailers and they have like the boys. I mean, they, they just record absolutely every single element of their lives. They give everything like they hold nearly nothing back. And she, she said, when I was watching the, the DVD, I was like, Mm their choreography is them walking up and down the stage like it's hilarious that they even hire a choreographer to be like now walk up now walk left you know whereas like someone like bts their dancing is incredible and she called them the the kings of doing the least (laughs) and we so accurate yes and we just ate that shit up with a spoon (laughs) like they oh my god i mean they did nothing and we were like that's king shit like they're unbelievable (laughs) yeah they're the they're the kings of doing the least and bts does the most and they give absolutely like 110 percent of themselves they it feels like they hold nothing back Mm -hmm. and then we have solo harry who almost honestly gives us nothing wouldn't you agree i mean all you all they're supposed to give us as artists is music Anything mm. beyond that is gravy. I mean, we are not entitled to know anything about their lives. But the boy doesn't really tweet. He doesn't Instagram. He doesn't yeah. share really anything. And that's why when he does like in-depth interviews with people like um, Zane Lowe, that's his name, right? Why do I always mess up his yeah. name? Um, it's like so, it, it just has like such an intense impact because it's like, oh, he's really talking, he's really getting deep. Like we never, we just don't see, mm. we're, we're starved. And this is some, some little bit of food. He's like, here's, here's a little bite for you. <laughs> I don't like, I understand it. You've grown up from such a young age with, you know, the cameras in your face, people tracking you down from at hotel rooms, like we've said before. You're going to want privacy. I totally understand. And I respect that. I would be the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot think of anything worse than literally having people waiting for me outside my house when I just literally want to wear the most disgusting things with my hair so greasy it sticks to my head to pop to the shop for a packet <laughs> of crisps. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they've, they had no life like that. I mean, they, when they traveled the world, world as one direction, they were stuck inside hotel rooms. Yeah. You can't, do anything so i totally get that you know he doesn't want to feed the social media beast and almost you know just put stuff on there for the sake of it he's not that type of person Mm -hmm. but just to have something yeah just a little bit of something a little bit of seasoning (laughs) do you know what i mean yeah just a little little spice would be nice yeah a little bit of that it's especially been challenging during the 
pandemic because like he dropped a new single like we have watermelon mm-hmm. sugar but we and we have a new music video which was great but we've, yep. we've gotten like nothing really out of him like a few lame radio interviews because like as mm-hmm. somebody who comes from radio like I just think our interviews are the worst like who are you dating what are you looking for in a girl like mm. just like gross interviews that um don't go anywhere like the way that Zane Lowe's do yeah. and just we've had nothing special nothing interesting from him I mean the, I think the the most interesting thing was his presence at the Black Lives Matter protest but even that mm-hmm. like obviously wasn't like controlled by him like he didn't um yeah. post a selfie of himself at anything obviously and um I, it's just a, a it's very interesting that you have a music career without mm. doing any of these things. You know, it's interesting that point that you just made about how he also didn't post that he was at those protests when if you flip to someone like Niall, who's obviously very good at kind of using Instagram stories or whatever platform, replying to people on Twitter, mm-hmm. he obviously did, you know, put up some kind of story to show that he was marching in London in solidarity. Yeah. Um, It's just like two totally different aspects and viewpoints that you have from two people who are obviously pretty similar. (laughs) From the same background. Yeah. I think think it's a double-edged sword because it's like, do you want to promote it because it will encourage your very Mm -hmm. large fandom to attend protests or do you want to not promote it because you don't want them to go for the wrong reasons and you don't Mm -hmm. also don't want to look like you're you know just doing like a PR kind of move for yourself to look good so I think it's hard it's kind of a lose-lose situation yeah you also kind of don't want to promote you know I'm here this is a free meet and greet situation in the middle of a pandemic when there's also a Black Lives Matter whole other huge issue happening around that right it's um yeah it's a double-edged sword like you said yeah it's a tough spot to be in but I mean I think like like you said I totally understand the privacy you said privacy but you know we'll we'll glaze over that look Jackie (laughs) you know by now you're US I'm UK we say things differently we love each other let's just continue yes let's so I (laughs) respect his need for privacy and privacy (laughs) and I get that but like if I was working at his label or I was his manager and we were trying Mm. to like move album units and the boy wouldn't post like a picture of himself like I all I had was the album artwork to work with it would be really hard that's really challenging to you know promote but at the same time I think he just cracked the top 30 most listened to artists on Spotify so He's doing it right. I don't know who I am to sit here and criticize. I just want more of him. Yeah. I mean, it's understandable, especially considering, you know, as you said, you should have been seeing him three times in the coming week. I have missed two of his shows. Um, Obviously, Harry Ween, which we were going to attend together, has also been pushed back to next year. Yeah. Um, It's kind of only natural to want more from someone when you know that, you're not going to be seeing them. I mean, that's not saying that there might be something planned in the future this year. Um, <laughs> a lot of our kind of restrictions in the UK are, you know, relaxing right now. God mm. knows how long that will be for before we have another spike or whatever may happen, may not, might do, whatever. Um, no worries. We're not worried about it. <laughs> you know, no drama. Yeah. Um, just people's lives. It's all good. Yeah. Um, you know, they may be working on something behind closed doors, like we said before. They may be meeting up at a socially acceptable distance and making something for the fans because this has been such a big talking point. I mean, the amount of times this has trended on Twitter in the last month, mm. maybe even more than that, shows that, you know, there is such an appetite for something to happen. Yeah, I mean, everybody in the US literally put their stimulus check away and was like i'm saving this for the 10 year one direction anniversary <laughs> i mean if they're anything like me they did everyone, everyone. or everyone called jackie Colbreth. <laughs> but yeah i mean there's a lot of money that's going to be left on the table if they don't do something mm-hmm. so the music industry likes money and i think they'd be fools to miss this one yeah um for sure but i mean 
I think that we can easily transition into Zane from this because Zen. Zen did not <laughs> like the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I, I... I think you're even putting that mildly, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, how can I criticize him for that? I, mm. I mean, you just can't. Like, you know, Harry, I, I push a little harder because I, I don't think... I think he wants to be famous, you know, yeah. and he wants the spotlight. I think Zane is so content to live on the Hadid farm in Pennsylvania and never mm-hmm. see anybody in public ever again. And I yeah. get it. I get it 100% as somebody with anxiety. But then I also worry that anxiety is keeping him from being just one of the most unbelievable artists in our generation because he mm-hmm. was gifted with such an incredible voice and such an incredible face. <laughs> His voice is insane. Yes, he has a beautiful face <laughs> and a beautiful voice to match. And mm-hmm. it feels like a waste. But again, you know, like how, you know, how can I say that? Like, he doesn't like it. I, I find Zane a difficult one. Because, um, you know... Obviously, I was very upset and angry at him for what he did and leaving us. <laughs> um, but, you know, his first album had so many bops on yeah, it. it was great. The only thing that obviously stopped it from, you know, becoming even bigger and, you know, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, he could have been so much more if... He could find it within himself to do those live appearances and tour. Right. And, I mean, it kind of makes me think that it's definitely not about the money for him because touring is, you know, where it's at. Yes, agreed. Um, But at the end of the day, I also can't be mad if doing that would cause him so much kind of pain and stress and anxiety because I get it. Right. I mean, who, like, as a fan, how do you, how do you ask somebody to do what they don't want to exactly. do like it's horrible it's just it's just so disappointing and you know i haven't been in the situation like you have where you know you get tickets to something you travel to a different city and you're going to see him and he cancels <laughs> yeah which obviously happened and that stings like hell yes but you kind of also have to admire him now that he's obviously tried that and realized you know what i'm not comfortable with it it didn't work so i'm just not going to say i'm going to do anything yeah he's being more true to himself i respect that that you're not giving people empty hope and promises when you yourself are not comfortable doing it it's true and then i also like like you said like he's he's obviously just not concerned about the money i mean i'm sure he has Mm. enough one direction money to live on comfortably for sure Um, but like, I just wonder, because I think he does enjoy the songwriting and recording process. Mm. Just, you know, what I from what I've heard him say and from, you know, the fact that he dropped an album with, like, 27 tracks. And I think he, yeah. he said he left, like, 100 behind. Like, he, like it seems like that's mm. the enjoyable part for him. And, you know, is he bound up in this contract with, you know, I think he's with RCA because of mm-hmm. leaving One Direction early? Like, how much did he commit to? Because I think if he just went independent Mm -hmm. and you know didn't have like you know a label that wants him to do promo that wants him to tour you know if he could just do the music making part by himself like he has a huge fan base still who I think would buy what he put out or at least stream it and he could do the part that he loves make some money you know not crazy Mm -hmm. money but some money and not be you know contractually bound to anything so, you know, if I were him, that would be the route that I would take if, you know, he could get out of RCA. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people think that Louis's contract and team really hold him back in terms yes. of his music. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's super tricky to navigate because... Obviously, we have no idea what goes on behind the scenes, no idea Mm -hmm. what his hopes and dreams are for himself as a solo artist. Um, You know, he he used to give quite a bit of himself on social media and now has Mm. become quite Harry-like and doesn't really share. Um, Yeah. But like he, you know, he spent like five years 
making this debut album, it was good. I don't think mm. it was great, but I think it was quite good. I really enjoyed it. I don't know if it's particularly radio friendly either, but like mm. it was a solid, a solid album. And it feels like he and his team just tossed it away. That is the big kind of talking point with Louis, isn't it? I guess you could also say, is he on the same label as Little Mix? Because there's this whole debate around also how, you know, their music isn't promoed enough and there aren't enough sort of opportunities for them, um, which is how it feels with Louis as well. Yeah, so it's part, It's I mean, he's with Psycho, which is bizarre. Yeah. I mean, it okay. always seemed like Simon Cowell was grooming him to be the next Simon Cowell. That whole relationship with Simon Cowell is weird <laughs> because obviously they... <laughs> Simon Cowell's had different relationships with each of the boys. Like, some of them couldn't wait to get away from Sony and just away from him in general. Right. And then there's the whole Louis thing where, obviously, he went back to the X Factor to work with Simon again as a judge, and then he's actually signed to Psycho, um, which has always just been the label that they push through the X Factor stuff on. Yeah. Um, It's never been, like... How do I say this? It's never been a label for serious artists yeah. who haven't been found, you know, any other way, whether that's like organically, like stumbling across them online and building up a following that way. It's always been the manufactured pop, which Louis isn't anymore. He's writing his own songs. He's recording them. He's playing guitar. He's... You know, he's writing some decent music. I know. I mean, it just, it reminds me of like how all these bands get signed to Modest for management. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Modest ever was prepared for how big One Direction was going to get. Mm -hmm. And they just outgrew them so quickly, but were never able to leave them. Yeah. And so had to deal with management that really didn't know what they were doing throughout. Mm -hmm their career and I kind of get that feeling from Psycho too because they're just not used to this kind of you know growth and success like they're just for reality tv show winners mm. and then I mean he had Arista in the U.S. which just reformed and I don't feel like they lifted a finger for him over here yeah which I, I just really don't understand I mean it was similar over here you just have to compare you know Let's just take it back to Harry, for example. There was a massive campaign before he launched Fine Line. You know, you have the whole Eroda concept. Yes. With all of these websites made, with all of this buzz that's happening. Um, and then you switch it over to Louis and it's like, yeah, Wolves is coming. <laughs> I know. It's I mean, like, I just mm. don't think you can compare the behind the scenes talent at Columbia yeah. to the behind the scenes talent at Psycho. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, they're both, you know, arms of Sony, but it's just different. It's totally different. You know, and Harry has the Azoff power behind him, too, which is mm. not to be taken lightly. <laughs> mm. Whether it's, like you said, the talent that's working behind, whether it's the money that they're mm. injecting behind, which obviously there's a huge difference in that as well. But yes. something ain't right here because Louis has got one of the most dedicated fandoms that... Yes. I have ever seen. Yes. If you yes. injected a bit more money into the marketing for that album, for that artist, you got him on a few more high profile sort of television programs, radio stations. Just see how far that goes. I've always wondered if they're hesitant to book him on things mm. like, like the team, not his team, but like the TV show. Like if you were Ellen, like, are you worried to have him on because his fan base is so intense that they could bring you negative attention if you ask him a question that they don't like or something like that? I don't know. Ellen's not a big thing here, but obviously I know who, what she is. What right. She does. <laughs> um, but doesn't she have like freaking Michelle Obama type level people on there like <laughs> yeah i mean but but she also like would it if like if somebody goes viral online like she'll have them mm. too so i mean it's across the board but i i basically i think he i think he would be better off focusing more on uk efforts because i think he mm -hmm. like somebody said like he's a little too british 
for the States yeah. and any kind of is, I mean, it's true. Like, I think he would have a little bit of trouble, um, yeah. over here, whereas it would be very easy for him to really excel over there, you know, and you guys mm. have a bunch of those kinds of shows that he could have been on. And there are so many that he could go on. Like so many music stars do the rounds on this program called Sunday brunch, which mm-hmm. guess what? It's on a Sunday. Uh, no, between breakfast and lunch. And <laughs> you don't say. They talk about stuff. They get people on to pitch whatever they're talking about and they cook something. And, you know, it's just kind of one of those semi prime time things that they put music people on. Um, you've also got the one show, which happens like seven o'clock every weekday. That's a BBC thing. They put on live performances, obviously when it's not Rona related. They put on live performances outside BBC studios in London. There's so many different things. Obviously, Radio 1, you can do loads of different stuff with them. But I just didn't see any of that. Did he do something with James Corden? Did he, like, he could have done a carpool karaoke or something like that. That is massive online. Yeah, I wonder just... too sometimes if he... He personally doesn't believe that his voice is strong enough to do something like carpool karaoke. Maybe. Because, um, you know, that it takes pipes to sing kind of like mm. acapella in James's car. Um, and I think, I mean, I like Louis' voice, but I, he's not a vocal powerhouse. He should, he's a great yeah. songwriter and he's a great performer, but he's just maybe, you know, he never felt, it never seemed to me that he felt particularly confident. Mm. So sometimes I wonder if that doesn't hold him back from doing something like that, but... That actually reminds me of when um, I went to go see them at that secret London session. Yeah, secret London session, I think it was called. Um, Them, meaning the whole band? Yeah. And it was recorded, but it wasn't live. Like, other people could watch it. But I'm sure they were singing, like, Infinity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and he was the only one who wasn't happy with how it sounded. So they ended up singing it three times. Oh, wow. Um, so he's obviously, like, he's felt like that for a long time. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he did, like, two or three weeks where he traveled around the UK, I believe, and New mm-hmm. York. I'm not sure if he went anywhere else in the States. I can't remember. And did fan, like, signings. Yes, which was a great way to push forgot about that units like you know people had to sign out al- had to buy albums to get them signed mm-hmm. um but like there wasn't that many people that could come to these things so it wasn't like massive amounts yeah. being moved but also they were at funny times yeah they were like the middle of the day on a tuesday yeah <laughs> so i mean it was great fan service like you know what an intimate thing for a fan to get to do like who wouldn't want to do that and it wasn't like mm. You know, Niles meet and greet where you had to spend $650. <laughs> what kind of a fool would do that? Um, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> but um, it that's not going to get you bigger. Like you're mm. not you're not putting yourself in front of anybody who could potentially be a new fan. You know, and you're not, yeah. you know, that's not promoting a single. And, you know, like have... that is purely for first week album sale purposes. Yeah. And some very yeah. good, you know, fan touching, as I would call it. You know, when mm. people call it table touching in the restaurant business when you come up to a table. <laughs> yeah. He, he's doing fan touching. Um, Sounds a bit dodge, but yeah. we'll let it slide. <laughs> but then, like, you know, right now, so when did Fine Line come out? Like last November? Uh, Can you remember? November, December. So, like, the end of last year, and he's still putting out singles from it. Yeah. Whereas Louis was like, and we're done. <laughs> never, mm-hmm. never want to talk about this album again. Like, done. You know, I mean, obviously it doesn't help that his tour was canceled. You know, I mm. think that definitely took all, the wind out of the sails. Like, the momentum was just dead. But, yeah. like, let's push the music a little bit more. Like, we don't have to pretend, you know, the album's dead on arrival. Like, we, it still has some life in it. Maybe we will see, like you said, when they... Obviously, the tour has, again, been rescheduled for next year. Maybe they're working on a campaign which will lead up to that again. So it'll almost be like a second album campaign to work around that tour. It's unprecedented, but it could... Didn't the tour sell out? Some some dates did. The whole tour did not. 
Right. But, um, I mean, they haven't rescheduled it yet, which is nerve wracking because I think I mentioned this in an earlier podcast episode, but like if he doesn't announce new dates within 60 days, people can, Mm -hmm. you know, apply for refunds. And yeah, that's a, why did I think my date had already got a rescheduled date? Uh, maybe he did reschedule some legs. We don't have rescheduled dates over here. I'm going to check now, (laughs) but you know, I mean, it would be interesting to see. Obviously, people are doing things they've never done before with marketing and tours. And so, I mean, if they did kind of pick it back up next year for the tour. But I just get the sense that he's done. Like, mm. he was just like, that's that's all I'm giving. Oh, yeah. Mine has been rescheduled. It's just, it's. I think it's very strange. Hang on a minute. What? <laughs> Is it for this year? I don't know. I bought you those tickets, remember? I'm so cute. yeah. All tickets, all tickets, oh wait, we are getting in touch if you have booked for Louis Tomlinson at the Roundhouse on Monday 23rd of March. We're pleased to let you know this has been rescheduled for Sunday the 20th of September. Of 2020? That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't say <laughs> no, a date. that's sad. That's depressing. Okay, that's interesting. I should really write that down. <laughs> I left my tickets in my London room. Oh no! I mean... And the Harry ones. <laughs> well, those you can just, you know, light on fire. No, I need them for next year. Oh. <laughs> right. I can't I have to use the same ticket. <laughs> we don't get physical tickets here anymore. Oh. <laughs> we do. They're all digital. You should know because Doesn't you help. had to buy me some of my tickets because I couldn't get them. No, I was going to say your digital ones don't help with fraud, seeing as someone stole our Swifty ones. Yeah, everybody who has digital tickets, change your Ticketmaster password regularly. Make sure it is not the same password that you use on other accounts mm-hmm. because somebody went in my account and transferred my tickets to themselves. Our tickets. <laughs> our tickets. And I spent <laughs> quite a long time on the phone with Ticketmaster fraud to get them back. <laughs> but God. I did get them back. And now the tour is not till next year anyway, so... Well, well, actually, it's not even been rescheduled yet, so who the hell knows? But we I digress. I really need to write down all of the things that have been rescheduled, because I have no idea what's happening. I know, I was just talking to my friend in LA about the Harry dates, and I was like, when, when are they? I have <laughs> no concept, because I need to move my flight to or something. Oh, what a mess. Oh, yeah, you do. So I guess there's um, there wasn't a... Liam tour, right? So there's no rescheduling happening there. There was no Liam tour, but you are talking to one of the only people who have seen Liam do a solo show. Did you know that? Well, funnily enough, I did know that because you chat about it enough. (laughs) Yes, I was lucky enough to hastily apply for Chase Visa card and get to see Liam do his own solo show at a little theater in New York City in twenty mm-hmm. summer of 2018. Wow, was it that long ago? Yeah, it was two years ago. Sheesh. I know. I just I think the memory just came up on Facebook too because we did a little meet and greet. Oh, that's a cute picture as well. And I remember I my friend was like, is he tall? And I was like, no, he's tiny. And then the picture came out and he's like 17 feet taller than me. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't remember him being short. No, he's not. I don't know what's wrong with me. I feel like you're one of those people who thinks you're way taller than what you are. I'm like a chihuahua. Like your personality <laughs> makes up <laughs> your actual height. Oh, but I did the thing I do whenever I meet them where I they go for a hug and oh, I don't like to God. hug. And so I thrust out my hand for a shake and they're like, what the fuck? Why would you not want to hug a member of One Direction? It makes me nervous and I just feel bad for them because they have to hug what so do you many mean? people. It makes you feel nervous. I don't I don't hug my family. <laughs> Ever? No, I mean just on rare occasions. You have such a strange being. I guess meeting Liam is a rare occasion. I know. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so I really psyched him out with the handshake and then when I met Niall a few months later I went for the handshake and he went for the hug and we had like a weird collision and then oh I oh my god and then I whispered in his ear I did the same thing to Liam <laughs> <laughs> that is the creepiest thing you've ever done <laughs> I am the queen of meet and greets <laughs> did god. he reply to your 
I think he just giggled awkwardly and was like, move along, people. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, yeah, he, you've only got 20 <laughs> seconds. Move along. He complimented my Pink Floyd shirt. We oh. really connected on that. Wow, love it. Yeah. But um, anyways, back to Liam. So Liam, <laughs> Liam, Liam. Liam. When I watched this San Siro DVD, I was struck. I really want to watch that now. You I'm going to watch after we finish. I was struck by the fact that Liam, because I always think of my, I've, when I always think to myself that Louis was the leader. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of other people say that too. But Liam was a leader he talks the most. He keeps people engaged the most. He keeps yeah. the five of them together the most. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if anybody was watching who didn't know them, they would consider him to be the front man, mm. which is hilarious too, because he, I think, kind of originally believed that he would be the front man of One Direction. Mm. And then they kind of thrust Harry into the spotlight because he was the most, you know, conventionally attractive in that kind of like. Yeah androgynous way that you know young girls like and I think you know you would discredit him if you didn't consider him to be a leader of the group because he is like Mm -hmm. the glue that holds them all together on and off stage for sure I mean he was the one he would field like all of their interview questions so that people like Zane never had to speak yeah so they owe him a tremendous amount which is why it's such a damn shame that his solo career has had such a bumpy start Mm. you know he hasn't had a tour he hasn't you know, I, I wouldn't consider his debut solo album to be a massive success chart-wise, <sighs> money-wise, and fan reception-wise. It just, there's a lot of things I could say about that album. <sighs> there were some missteps taken. There were some bad choices made. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't think he cho- made them either i think no it's another poor team how many people have listened to that album and didn't pick up on some of the lyrics that were used right you know just basically not acceptable no they're offensive and Mm. this whole like trying to make him this like ultra manly you know sex symbol full of muscles Mm. and tattoos and you know sings about sex is like it's it's icky Mm, I'm not into it I don't think it comes across well which like I do think Liam's really hot but like this Mm. kind of like forced like he-man persona is just he's so sweet and like he's so I mean I think it's funny that he named his son bear because he is such a teddy bear himself Mm. and I think that that gets lost like when he does these vlogs he's so cute and so endearing and like I love when he does the vlogs and then you switch to Instagram and it's like I'm playing FIFA and doing manly things. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's such a disconnect there that I just really yeah. don't understand. Um, and, like, it's a it's a shame, like I said. And, I, and his, I mean, um, Strip That Down, fantastic Banger. single. Like, absolutely excellent. I love that song. <laughs> yeah. I like Familiar. Um, yeah. Stack It Up. Yes. I think Stack It Up is great. Um, Midnight's really good, too, with Alesso. Yeah, yeah, I like that new one. I think the ones he does with an electronic beat are fantastic. Mm. So have Mm -hmm. I I ever told you what I think Liam should ultimately do with his career? I feel like I have. Big Pano? (laughs) Yes, I think he should be an international DJ. Mm. I literally, like, I'm not even joking. I think he could be perfect for that like the next calvin harris like vegas residency or like abiza or travels around and mixes his own music in and just like pumps up crowds and is amazing (laughs) i think it would just be perfect for him and he can like do his vlogs as he travels and it would just be such a good career choice for him i love that i mean he's so good with people and speaking and Mm. I just think it would be perfect. You should pitch it. And these songs that he makes with other, <laughs> the songs that he makes with other DJs are great. Like the best ones that he makes. Yeah, you've got a point. I mean, they're not all DJs; they're artists. But you know what? I we'll mean. let that slide. I do have a point, don't I? Of course you do, my darling. So yeah, um, Liam, if you're listening, because I do believe you are. I mean, what else are you doing? You're not playing FIFA the whole time. <laughs> this is my ultimate plan for you. And, um, you know, if you need an assistant, 
I'm here, available, She's ready to jobless. work. Happily unemployed. Unhappily unemployed. <laughs> Happily unemployed. <laughs> ready to go for you, Liam. Let's do it. Wow, if that is not a pitch, <laughs> nothing is. Oh, man. So the only person we haven't talked about yet is our favorite Irishman. I mean, we did talk about him a little bit. I mean, yeah, it didn't count. His book wasn't me, The Lone Irishman. <laughs> yeah. But let's focus on Niall here for a second. So, yeah, we might as well just get the bad stuff out of the way first. Obviously, I don't have a show to go to anymore and I'm pissed. Yeah, but was it bad or did he do the right thing? He did the right thing. Um, I mean, he gave us all our money back. I used it to buy a vintage Versace cocktail ring. I don't know about you. Hey, wait, did that ever arrive? The ring? Yeah. Yeah. Why, like, you haven't shown it to me. Oh, I should show it to you. It's fabulous. Very Harry-esque. You would totally approve. Oh my God, show it to me after this. Okay. (laughs) So anyways, I used my Nile refund to do that. And I really think in a pandemic, when people are strapped for cash, millions are losing their jobs, myself included. Mm -hmm. I feel like another recurring theme alongside Jackie's unhappiness is Jackie's joblessness. (laughs) Listen. You never know who's going to be listening to these, and she needs a bloody job. Yeah, so exactly. someone please help. Um, I'm really talented. Um, <laughs> I'm really talented, and I always do as I'm told, and I'm punctual and polite, and, and, and I'm a fast learner. Talented and desperate. It's the best combination. <laughs> so anyway, so here we are in a horrible pandemic with lots of people losing their jobs, desperate for money, not even making rent, can't buy groceries, let alone hand sanitizer. And Niall's like, I'm going to outright cancel my tour and give you all your money back. I mean, I mm-hmm. think that really was like going above and beyond because that is an enormous amount of money that they forfeited. Yeah. I mean, they had sold, you know, tickets across the globe and mm-hmm. that, you know, that money was already gone and they, I mean, they didn't keep it. And I just think that's remarkable Yeah. because, you know, Harry rescheduled, Louis hasn't yet, but is most likely going to, you know, people have the option of refunding. But back when Niall canceled, we didn't even know if we were going to have the option of doing refunds because Ticketmaster and Live Nation had not Mm -hmm. put out that, you know, information yet. So, I mean, I just, I really think that that, like, what was a a, a true good character moment for him? Yeah. I mean, it could have also been the case that... That's what I thought. What? Siri, you're not invited to this conversation. Oh my god, that was funny. <laughs> what is happening today? Um, I was going to say, you know, it could also be the fact that, I mean, I'm just going from over here as an example. He might not have been able to get two more days at Wembley Arena um, when he was looking to, you know, scheduling the rest of the tour elsewhere. Um but I do, I give him credit for actually doing that and sorting it out and giving people back the refunds, which mine actually came in pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I think that was a tough decision to make and they really did the right thing. I don't know if they look back on it with regret now that, you know, mm. Live Nation was like, you know, put th- these other options on the table, but mm-hmm. I think they did the right thing. But I really hope that they do do that tour with those same artists because like yeah. Niall and Louis Capaldi's relationship is... In friendship is just awesome. And I think that... Oh, we didn't have that here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm really not a Lewis Capaldi fan. I'm not so a fine. massive fan of him either, especially like working in radio. We must have heard him 75 times a day. Um, and when he came into the station, he didn't sing because he didn't feel well, which was kind yeah. of a bummer. But he's so funny. And I feel like he and Niall would have just like fucked with each other on stage for a long time. And that would have been fun. And then we also had Fletcher on the bill. And she was one of the best singers that we ever had in the office mm. like i when she came in we were like oh my god she's gonna be huge yeah so that would have been a really cool show so i hope they do that again promo shot that they used for niall's tour is really good sorry i'm just looking at his chest hair <laughs> Ch- chest hair his chest hair is looking fine do you remember when louis used to always pluck it out during interviews <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so mean he's such a little rascal naughty little rascal so anyways we've lost niall's tour r.i.p mm-hmm but Slow Hands was one of the most commercially, if not the most commercially Slow successful hands. song of any of them. Yeah. I mean, it did phenomenally well. <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry, I was reading something. Absolute <laughs> banger. Yeah. 
It was great. And it, um, I think it really opened a lot of people's eyes to him who weren't fans when yeah. he was in the band, which is like what, mm-hmm. like, I don't think you could ask for anything more when it's your first, you know, single out as a solo artist to yeah. have that kind of recognition. So when was it that he released his second album? It was towards the end of last year. March 13th. Wait, it's like right when the what? pandemic hit. No. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Oh, we must have had some new so yeah, we must have had some new songs last year and then finally the album. Yeah. In March. Nice to meet right. you was in October. I love that song. Yeah, that's another good one. I, it has Rolling Stones vibes to me, but I think I'm the only one who thinks that. Um I can kind of see that. I will say that I way prefer Heartbreak Weather to Flicker. I do too. There's just for me, there's so many more sort of like upbeat tracks rather than the like, this is me trying to be a serious musician, not in a pop band with some ballads yes, and acoustic yes. guitar. Yep, yep. There was a little a little bit of growing pains there, I think. I just feel like this tour would have taken it up mm-hmm. another level. Um, yep. Because for me, that second album just hits so much harder. Yeah, I, I honestly, I feel really bad for him. Just like I feel super bad that you know, Louis' momentum was lost. I mean, this album was released like right before the pandemic Mm. hit. I mean, I just don't think you could have picked a worse time. Yeah. I mean, that's just brutal, you know, and then your tour falls apart. And like, I mean, I, this album, aside from like his people who are already a fan, I think will just always kind Mm -hmm. of be a wash and that just sucks. But you know, the nice to meet you song um, was licensed out to one of the major cell phone companies around here and it's in a lot of commercials oh yeah well he's making some dollar dollar bills from that y'all yeah get that money Niall. get that bank (laughs) (laughs) but you know i mean i think he is an example of um i was gonna say of good social media i think he's great at instagram his twitter Mm. game (laughs) is interesting because it's like golf golf football golf Mm. golf golf everything you thought about one direction was a lie golf golf yeah basically <laughs> so it's like it's a little bit strange um i mean i love when it's he... almost like you know when every now and then it will be like the golf 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 football rugby golf football <laughs> reply to a troll golf golf <laughs> yeah i just i don't like it when they reply to trolls when he's obviously got millions and millions of nice comments from fans yeah that's true like why do you give them attention yeah but i he, hate that he like actively searches for tweets that have his name in it because like people don't mm. even at him like he just finds them because people are yeah. like niall would you blah 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 niall do you whatever whatever and he's like searches them out which i think is really <laughs> funny to think of imagine like we just scroll through a feed and he's like nah i'm gonna search my own name yeah it's hilarious (laughs) and find questions to answer but he's like he's always debunking kind of like myths that have become canon in the fandom like Mm. that he was crying on stage because they turned his mic down once and he was like that never happened (laughs) and he also you know the fans hate modest and the little mix fans hate modest and the Mm. five sauce fans hate modest but Niall actively chose to continue working with them and even formed yeah. Modest Golf with them. And so when people trash them, he's like, "What well, if they were that terrible to me, why would I still work with them? Mm. So that's kind of an interesting little, little thing there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Insight that he gives us on Twitter. Yeah. But, you know, people are really critical of him for promoting his music too hard. Mm. And I, 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 I do think it kind of borderlines cringe sometimes uh sometimes but like he doesn't have like at hshq or at lthq Mm. to do it for him his team never formed kind of like a fan you know taylor nation style account for him so you know he doesn't be making don't be making excuses for him they can easily set that up in this pandemic (laughs) and get a few million on there it's um i say million you know few hundred thousand on there yeah but like it is cringe when he's doing his instagram q a's and the only thing he's asked answering is like the ones where he can go stream heartbreak weather 
stream this, stream that. It's like, listen, mate, we get it. You've got new songs out. You've got an album out. We're going to listen to it. We're going to support you. But if you keep doing that, I'm going to be swiping right and flicking past your story because I cannot stand to see any more of it. It's it's funny because it's just like it's the polar opposite of Louis and they just both need to come in the yeah. middle, like a happy medium would be perfect. Mm. You know, but I'm I'm looking at um, the Heartbreak Weather, like album credits. And I mean, he worked with Julian Benetta, John mm-hmm. Ryan and Jamie Scott, who are all One Direction, you know, writers yeah. and producers. And so, you know, I think Heartbreak Weather was really like a One Direction extension. Mm. Um, I think it's like one of the solo albums that kind of most closely resembles Four and Made in the AM. Yeah. Because I think, you know, they were truly coming into their sound then mm-hmm. and being much more true to themselves. And it's so sad that we didn't get to hear anything beyond <laughs> that and that we never got to see Made in the AM toured. Shh, my child. Oh, just a damn shame. It'll all be okay. Hey, look, maybe we will finally see something, hear something with this anniversary coming up. You know what actually I would also like to see more of? I would like to see more of Louis and Liam on Gogglebox. Yes, they're so good together. That's like, this is what I talked about with my friend who loves BTS also, is that Mm -hmm. it is that kind of connection that fans just die for. Yeah. And that makes groups so more, like, they're so appealing in a way that kind of solo artists aren't. I mean, obviously, solo uh-huh. artists are appealing. I mean, people love them. But that camaraderie, that friendship, that kind of, like, brotherly love and mm-hmm. teasing and affection and anything that they do together is just what makes you fall in love with them so yeah. much. And they had that from day one as a band, even though they were just five random guys thrown together. I mean, the fact, they got to give Simon Cowell some credit, like... <laughs> he did see <laughs> <Do> something <laughs> just a little bit just a little bit okay fine but you know that's <laughs> what makes them just so fun to be a fan of and now that mm. they're all solo artists i think knowing what they used to be there's always kind of like that hole in your heart jesus christ You're such a fucking sap <laughs> you really are oh my god you're not supposed to let anyone know this this is supposed to be private <laughs> I'm telling the world that there's a hole in my heart. I'm walking Jesus. around with just one shoe. <laughs> You're like the fucking Grinch. That was a hilarious reference. Oh, I just God, made. no, it wasn't. It wasn't. I'm ignoring it. Oh, man. <laughs> hole in the middle of my heart like a polo. Oh, Jesus. I just want you to know that nobody in America knew what that meant because we don't have polos. Really? Yeah. We have lifesavers. Wait, your lifesaver is my polo yeah <laughs> like a round mint right yeah with a hole in the middle yeah exactly it's a mm. lifesaver i can't wait what i've just twigged why it's a lifesaver because of the shape yeah it's like what you throw off a boat wow what the fuck is twig Mate. i don't even want to talk about it twigged twigged in my head okay right let's move on t-w-e-a-k or t-w-i-g-g-e-d that one Twigged. Twigged. The fuck? <laughs> what is your language? Listen, you say you love One Direction and then you can't even speak the language. So just one Direction. Shut up. One Direction. I piss off. <laughs> oh, man. So I guess, um, you know, we, by the time this podcast episode gets out, there should still be about a month until the anniversary. And I just want to put it out into the universe. Please give us something. <laughs> There's got to be something. Please. And I don't mean just some shit tweet by an intern at Sony on their Twitter account. Why do I people always say that? Have you ever worked at a place where the intern handles an account with 20 million, 30 million followers? Yes. I don't believe you. <laughs> it's only social media, baby. Social media is a skill that requires training and intelligence and writing. And please hire me for it. <laughs> no, I mean, like, they'll definitely give accounts to junior people but not an intern like because everything yeah everything is signed off anyway like they won't push anything out on that account without it being signed off it's literally just copy paste put it in well that's different that's not them actively tweeting it's them being told copy and paste this well anyways yeah please give us something 
please don't let this day pass without any sort of recognition. We are ready to throw our money at you. We are all adults now. Some people have income, some people don't. (laughs) For God's sake. (laughs) But we just want something. Please. Please. Don't make this a pot peeve. Oh, God, yeah, because otherwise next episode's going to be an hour-long pot peeve and obviously no one wants that. Yeah, don't get on our shit list. Okay, well, I think that about um, sums it up for this episode of Fandomonium. If you share, obviously, some of our peeves, some of our love interests, some of our passion for these annoying but lovable boys, um, send them in. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook... We have a TikTok presence, but no videos. But hey, that doesn't stop us. Send us a message. (laughs) Yeah, we're just parking that username for now, getting ready. Yeah. World domination is coming. Intellectual property, you know, we need that. Yeah. (laughs) Hit us up on any of those platforms. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks with episode six. 